you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, are we ready to do this again today? Oh, yeah. Well, I got some news from Keith the other day, and he said he's going to have to stay another week because they, they had their schedule set to where they were doing 12 hours a day, and they cut it back so they didn't have to do 12 hours a day. And so they cut it back just a little bit, so they're going to stay less hours a day, I think. Thank you, Lord. Can you imagine doing that for 12 hours a day? And so um, they're able to cut it back just a little bit. So that means I, I started to say have to. I'm, gonna, I'm watching my words on this, okay? Um, I will do next weekend. I'll say it like that. Unless things change. So um, y'all hang with me and believe with me, okay? Can y'all do that? Are y'all faith people? How many are real faith people? Okay, so y'all will believe with me again for today and for next weekend, right? That we'll say and do exactly what the Lord would have us to say and would have us to do. You know, I've already gotten so many testimonies, texts and calls and emails, and we've gotten them through the ministry and stuff, of people that are putting to practice some of the things that we've been talking about and getting results already. How many are already getting results on some things and seeing some answers on some things? That's worth it all to me, you know. And like I said, I'm, I haven't been big on getting up in front of people and doing stuff, but I sure like helping people, you know. And so that's the most important thing. You know, it's the, it's the giving season. How many of you have already started th- think talking about, thinking about, yeah, that word, uh, gifts for Christmas? How many of you have already bought all your gifts? Oh, my lands. Lord, mercy on me. Um, Do you know, one of the greatest gifts, of course, was Jesus. But the Lord was so good to us. You know, it said, if you then being evil... If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, you know, and it also says if you then being evil would give a serpent. How many of you, if your kids ask you for something good, you know, my nieces and nephews and all this stuff, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 5, you know, that's a a big thing, you know, and they want other things, but, you know, and, uh, but they're always asking for something. Always asking for something. But we didn't have to ask the Lord for one of the most valuable things that we have. He said, when we got filled with the Holy Spirit, he did say ask, but he was ready there, ready and willing to... How many of you are saved? That's a great thing, isn't it? So you received the greatest gift, which was Jesus. But immediately when you received that gift, he said, if you then being evil know how to give good things to your kids, how much more would he give us the Holy Spirit? 
Now, the Holy Spirit to me is a great, great gift. If I had to give up all the other gifts in the whole wide world, I'd want that gift. Why would I want that gift? Can anybody tell me? Those are all good, but why would I want that gift? There you go. Who said that? Randy said that. Yay, Randy gets the gold star for today. Because with the Holy Spirit, He has led us into how to get the other gifts. Now, I've read you. How many of you have been here when I've read that book two weeks in a row? How many of you have been here at least one time? Okay, let's put it this way. How many of you have not been here when I read that book? A few. Here we go. Because it's important. How many of you think you got it already? How many of you have gotten tired of the same songs that we've sung? How many of you would like for them to move on? How many of you, your brain would like for them to move on? They come to me and they go, can we change them? Can we, can we swap them up? Can we change the order? Can we? No, leave it the same. Because it's our minds that want us to change things so quickly. Our minds want to move on to something else. But our spirits are still grabbing hold of things. So let's read it again. Okay? Are y'all ready? Are y'all going to listen? All right. Put your listeners on. Don't be thinking about lunch. Lunch will be there when you get there. Okay? This will help you to decide what you're supposed to eat for lunch. And I'll tell you something. I missed it last week. And I'll tell you how I missed it. I was in a hurry focusing on the sermon. And I told them something to get me for lunch. And then I told them, what? wait, have you ordered it yet? I said, oh, just get it anyway. And I got E. coli or food poisoning from it. I have had yucky stomach all week because of it. I cursed it. I'm all better. But I missed it. I'm going to sit right here and tell you, I missed it. Anybody can miss it. But I was moving, thinking about something else, rushing. Because the girls helped me. They're so good to me. Rachel and Jordan, stand up. These two. I don't know what I'd do most days without them. I'll be honest with you. They're my right and left hand. They, they help me so much. But anyway, they, they usually help me out and get me food and stuff. And I told Rachel, I said, have you ordered it yet? And she said, yes, ma'am, I did it immediately. And, and I thought, oh, I started to get it and make her get me something else. But you know you hate bothering people, you know. But I shouldn't eat it. I only ate a quarter of it, a half of it. But it's still, you know. But I was more for folk, that word, on the service, you know. And um, not that. that. So uh, I didn't tell them anything today. I'll be led better. All right, here we go. Here we go. I don't have to tell you my mistakes. Okay? Moving too fast. All right. This is the book, what?
And I encourage you to read the whole thing over and over again. Okay? Here we go. How you can train the human spirit is the title of it. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Proverbs 20, 27. Now, Edward, you didn't stand up. You weren't here. Or you didn't raise your hand. You didn't hear me read this. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just picking on him. I like to pick on people. Honoriness. I get it from my two dads, my spiritual dad and my natural dad, so it comes honest. The Lord enlightens us and guides us through our spirits. If that be the case, and it is, then we need to become more spiritual, spirit conscious. We need to become more conscious of the fact that we are spirit beings. Now, you see this little house up here. I'm going to show you something as soon as I get done with this. Spirit beings. And not just mental or physical beings. We need to train our spirits so that they will become safer and safer guides. Do you know that when you first start trying to listen to your spirit, oftentimes you might not be so sure if you're hearing from your spirit? Or is that just your flesh? But there's, as you grow and you begin listening to it, and you, you test it and you see, yeah, that was the Lord. You begin to be more secure in it was the Lord. So sometimes you have to step out and do some things and make sure it was the Lord. Okay, safer and safer guys. One thing has held back the Christian world as a whole. One thing that has held back the Christian world as a whole is that we are more physical, conscious, body conscious, Do you know that if people are constantly talking about the physical, talking about their bodies, talking about food, talking about how they look, talking about their appearance, focused on fixing their hair, I'll pick on Edward again, he needs to fix his hair, focused on doing their nails, focused on working out, focused... Don't get me wrong. We need to work out. We need to watch what we eat. God gave us these bodies. They're a temple of the Lord. But if you're like those old-timey scales, if you're wopsided... And more of your time is spent body conscious. Physical conscious. Than it is spirit conscious. You're going to get off. And that's what he's talking about. You can't be so conscious of the body. That you're missing God. If you're talking about physical things all the time and thinking about physical things all the time. Now, I'm staying here just a second. Do you hear me? About all these things that you can do. There's people that get on these diet crazes and get on. And it's from one diet craze to another diet craze to another diet craze, selling water things, selling these things. Don't go there. This is what we're talking about. We have a series called 
what is it, physical, how to reach your physical goals? And it's talking about being led by the Spirit. And if you're trying to lose weight, now, are you listening to me? If you're in here and you're trying to lose weight, I'm going to give you the answer. The best diet cure in the whole world. You want to know it? I could sell it. I could make billions off of it. Do you want to know it? Every time the Holy Spirit tells you, don't eat that. Don't eat it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Obey. Obey. And every time the Holy Spirit tells you, get up off that sofa and exercise. Guess what? Get up and exercise. Get up and exercise. Duh! I just made millions. Because that's all there is to it. Or if the Holy Spirit says, you should not eat that kind of food. Everybody wants to sell these certain things. I know I got off the track from the book, but everybody wants to sell these certain things and say, this is the drug that will cure everything. They don't know your body. And how many diet cures have they found? Okay, so the Atkins diet. Okay, so the the no the high protein diet. Okay, so the no protein diet. Okay, so the all carb diet. Okay, so the no carb diet. Okay, so the so the whatever kinds of diets. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do they know your body? Okay, the only diet that will work for you. Is the one that the Lord says, when you go to eat something, he says, don't eat that. Who knows you better than the spirit man inside of you? Who, who knows you better? Who knows your body better? I lost, how much was it, girls, 40 pounds or plus? It was close to 40 pounds. Now, are you sitting down? Yeah, you're sitting down. (laughs) Two witnesses sitting right there, eating cupcakes with icing and mashed potatoes. Remember it? Remember it? Don't tell me you can't eat carbs and lose weight. (laughs) Now, you might not can. Okay, listen to what the spirit man tells you. Okay, don't make a doctrine out of it. That was my soapbox for today. So I'll sit down off my soapbox. Okay, okay. One thing which has held back the Christian world as a whole. Y'all all got real quiet on me, but that's okay. It's still true anyhow. One thing which has held back the Christian world as a whole is that we are more physical conscience. He said the Christian world. Body conscious. And more mental conscious. Soul conscious. Than we are spirit conscious. Okay, now stop and think just for a minute. 
Divide up your day. What portion of your day is spent doing spiritual things? Soul things, physical things, or mental things? How much of our time do we give to doing spiritual things? And you say, well, I have to work. I work all day, but I am constantly looking back to the spirit man. And you should be too. We are spirit beings. And part of training, and, and you heard Rob say it the other day, which all of us needs to be doing, is how many of you actually did it when we said it before? Set reminders on your phone to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you to check in with Him. Two people, three people, four. Raise your hand up real high so I can see it. About two, a dozen people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve people. Thirteen. Thirteen people. We won't end on that. Surely somebody else can raise their hand. I know Dan did, so fourteen people. Fourteen people of all this church, and I didn't see Branson, cared enough, and don't tell me you'll remember, because we don't. We get busy doing other stuff. To ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, remind me to check in with you and see if there's anything I'm missing that I should be doing instead of what I'm doing. Or that I should be seeing about what I'm doing. Even if you're doing a natural job, He can make that natural job easier. Even if you're at home with your kids... He can show you how to make your kids behave better. Even if you're painting a house, He can show you how to do that better. Do you understand? He's smarter than you are. And He knows the answer to everything. Put a reminder on your phone. Check in with the Holy Spirit. And set it for how often you want to set it for. Don't set it for too often or you won't do it. Some people are grabbing their phones. But it's okay. You, the Bible says train. How to train the human spirit. I know people don't like to hear this, but i got two little dogs. And they're cute. If I had a picture, I would have given it to Devin. They're cute. Now, when I first got them, I, as soon as they got up, I took them outside. Every 30 minutes to an hour. Now, do you hear me? Every 30 minutes to an hour. They were six to eight weeks old. I forget. I would take them outside. I set an alarm. 
and every 30 minutes to an hour, I would get up and take them outside because I was working from home because I worked Branson stuff and I worked Sarasota stuff. Now, I go into the offices occasionally, but I work from home dealing with all their stuff because, you know, emails, you're answering them constantly. And so I would take them out every 30 minutes. And when they ate, before they would do anything else, they would go outside. Before they went to bed, they went outside. And I trained them that way. Now, immediately when they get up, they go to the door. Immediately when they eat, they go outside. You think it's a dog is smarter than a human? So if a dog can be trained, can a human be trained? And I'm not saying that to be funny, but I'm saying it because if we can train them. How many of you trained your dog not to go inside? If not, you've got a stinky house. Right? Okay. So, And I've got two of them, so I'd really have a stinky house. If we can train a dog, we can train a spirit. Or our spirit can train us is more like it. To check in with them. So put reminders on your phone to say, Holy Spirit... Is there something else I need to see here? And stop just long enough to hear from him. Just It takes five seconds almost. Is there something else I need to see here? And check inside. Not here. You see where I keep putting my hand? Here. You remember I told the story about if you drop something in the aisle of the grocery store, does something inside you tell you to pick it up? Okay? Or when you do something really wrong, does something inside you feel like, ugh? But you can still talk and, and laugh and giggle, but something inside you here still feels like, what? Bad. But can you still giggle or laugh if somebody tells you something, but something inside you right here still feels bad? Y'all are acting like y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Can you still do it? So then you know how to be led by the Spirit. It's that simple. It's what you're getting in here. Okay? So here we go. Are you ready to keep going? Yes. You're going to put an alarm to ask your Spirit stuff. All right. Okay, it's that easy. All right, let's keep going. We have developed the body. And we have developed the soul. But we've left the Spirit of man almost untouched. I have a cassette teaching tape, which has helped many Christians in this area. In one of our meetings, one young man I know quite well gave his testimony of how it has helped him. Just a few years ago, when he was 31 or 32, he went into business and left his salary job with a total of $5,500. He was single at that time, and he had to use his money for living expenses as well as for capital. At one point, his nest egg dwindled to $50. He gave this testimony. I listened to Brother Hagen's tapes. There were three on faith and confession, and one called How to Train the Human Spirit. 
I went to bed every night listening to that tape. I put it on in the morning. I listened to it while I shaved. I listened to it over and over and over again, probably hundreds of times, until that message got into my spirit. Then by listening to my spirit and using my faith, my assets now total in excess of $30 million. Now, I want to ask you a question. I've read this now three times. And I want to know who can add two plus two. Good. The last part of this says... The book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8. Now, you said you could add 2 plus 2. Now, we've been doing this three weeks now. What makes you prosperous? That's not adding two plus two. See how quiet you got? You got to repeat the tapes. You failed. Y'all failed the test. That means repeat the tapes. It means I didn't do a good job as your teacher if everybody failed. That's what it means. I tell the t- teachers back there in the class, if every kid has to go in the naughty chair, it's not the kids, it's the teacher. If you're going to make your way prosperous... And have good success. It's because you're going to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And you're going to do it. You're going to listen to everything he tells you to do. That's what he just said. Listen again to what he said. Listen carefully to what he said. He said, I listened to that hundreds and hundreds of times until I got that message in my spirit. Then, by listening to my spirit and using my faith, my assets now total in excess of $30 million. Now, why would that be? Because the Holy Spirit would tell him, buy this, sell this. The Holy Spirit would tell him to do things. And he would do it. Now, the Holy Spirit was given to you. How many of you ever bought a house? How many of you had to put a deposit down when you bought that house? How many ever ever bought an apartment or something? Got it. Did you have to put in a, a deposit? Mm-hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit of our future. So that means it's just a small thing of what's going to be better and better and better in our future. Now, 
the Holy Spirit is the candle of the Lord, like I said. Now, where's the smallest person in here? Do we have a two-year-old still in here? We may have to get one from the back. Kelsey or Tyler, grab me a two-year-old. We got a little one here. We may need one smaller than you. You save. I'll save you for just a minute. I need a two-year-old real quick. A two- or three-year-old small one. I'm going to save you for just a minute. I saw you a while ago. I already had my eye on you. (laughs) The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, when we listen to what the Lord tells us to do, I remember the first time, one of the very first times I, I heard the spirit. And he was leading me to do something. Was when... The Lord dealt with us about going to Ramah. We went out there to go to camp meeting. And the Lord, we were there and they were giving tours of the campus. So we went out to Ramah and took a tour of the campus. They didn't cost us anything. You've heard the stories about how broke we were and we had to eat the, the melted cheese water nachos every day. Come on up. Whose child is this? Can I borrow your... Oh, that. no wonder. Okay. All right. Put her in here. You okay getting in here? Do you want to go play in that? She's going to be too shy. Catherine, come up here. Mommy's coming. Mommy's here. She, she, can you get in there? Can you go get in the house? No, she may not want to. Okay, we may have to get another one that wants to get in the house for us, or we may have to use a little bit older one. Maybe not. May, we may have to get an older one. Just come, come up here, and we'll try to do it with a little bit older one. It's all right. Thank you, Miss Charlotte. I don't blame her. It's a lot of people watching her. It's okay. I don't blame her. Tell us your name. Lucy, you're so beautiful. Look at her necklace. Beautiful. All right. We'll put her in the, in the house then. All right. And set the stool where it's even. Let's see. Set it down here where it's even and just have a seat in the house there for me if you can. There you go. We'll ring the doorbell for you. All right. Just have a seat there for just a minute. All right. This house, I'll finish back. Remind me, y'all remind me that I was telling about the first time I was led, okay? This house represents your body. Now, how many different styles of houses are there? Are there big houses and little houses? Old houses and new houses? Brick and wood? Falling apart and really pristine, yeah. All kind of houses. People that take care of their houses, people that don't take care of their houses. People that's got trash in their yard and people that... Keep them spotless. It's all kind of houses. 
kind of represents people's bodies. Does it not? Yes. You've seen people's bodies that don't take care of them, and you've seen people, bless their hearts, that's homeless, kind of have disconnected with society. And you've seen people that spend a lot of time on their houses, a lot of money on their houses. Paint them up nice. Then you go inside. Have you ever seen some of those shows on hoarders? (laughs) Could you tell that from the outside? Don't take care of the inside. Have you ever been surprised... at somebody's house that you thought was really, really put together and you walked in their house and it was like so the opposite of their personality? I've had friends like that. Every time you see them, they're so put together and I mean just like pristine. I had one that was Miss America and they tell the story. She told the story about how, um, I mean, you, you would think she was Miss America, you know, and, um, or Miss Oklahoma. I can't remember which one she was. It's been a long time now. And, I mean, she looked like she walked out of a magazine every time you saw her. And I also know one that was a model. But if you walked in their houses, she, when she would dress... She would go into her room and try on something, and if she didn't like it, she'd throw it on the floor. And then she'd try on something else, and she'd pick it up, and if she didn't like it, she'd throw it on the floor. And her house was a disaster. She married a minister friend of ours, and he told us this one time. He said, we'd been married for like a year, and the house just kept getting a mess. And one day she came to him, and she said, um, she called his name, and she said, when is the maid coming? And he looked at her and he said, There ain't no maid coming. You the maid. <laughs> she got kind of a little bit of a surprise. Well, there's a lot of people that if you see them, they look well kept. But the inside of them is let go. Well, that's the way a lot of people's bodies are. They looked real well kept on the outside. But the inside of them, which is their spirit man, this represents that. This outside is just like us. It's our house. And when we leave here and go to heaven, our house, do you not recognize, will still be here. How many of you have looked into a casket and still seen people's houses? Seen your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. you still seen their house laying there in that casket, which is their bodies. Touch your body. Say, this is my house. This is the house I live in. This is the house I live in. Now, when you go into your house, 
and you walk inside of it, what happened? You are not your house. Are you your house? Are you in your house? Do you melt into your house? Your house is your house, and you walk into your house. And if your house is a mess, then what? It's just a mess. Inside your house is your spirit. Now, your spirit can be small like Charlotte. It can be medium like her. Or we could put Rob in here, God forbid. (laughs) He said amen, not to put him in there. His arms would be hanging out. Now, look out the window, Lucy. Look out the window right here. Look out right here. Bend your head over and look out. Stick your head out. This window is your eyes. So you're looking out of your body through these eyes are these windows. Devin, you got that for those in Branson? Yeah, he's got it. So there you go. That's your house. And so your spirit man is looking out through these. Now, when you die, or your, your, your body d- dies, your spirit man does what? Does it die? No. What happens to it? It either goes to heaven or it goes to hell. But your body encompasses your spirit man. Now, the candle of the Lord is inside of you. Now, we talked about that, was it last week or the week before? The first week. We want that candle. I mean, I want my spirit man to be wall to wall. I don't want it to be so tiny that I can't hear it. And if your flesh is so much bigger and it's like Charlotte, teeny tiny inside, it's harder to hear. Rob, come stand up beside this house. I won't make you get in it. Maybe even kneel down so they can see. But see, if he were in there, his spirit man is bigger. And the flesh is getting smaller. There's less space in there for the flesh. Do you see that? So, when you have more spirit man... 
Your spirit wants to do greater things. And you can hear from your spirit better. And your flesh doesn't scream quite so loud. Do you get tired of hearing your flesh? It wants to eat this. It doesn't want to do this. It wants to go here. It doesn't want to go there. Do you get tired of that? Well, the best way to fix it is to increase the size of the spirit man. People try all sorts of things. They go to all these addiction places. And and I'm not knocking them. My dad was an alcoholic and AA helped him so much. But if you don't want to go through all that stuff, the way to change these things is not to put yourself down and not to feel condemned. Because the more flesh you... You can sit down, Rob. The more flesh you are... Get in that house, Rob. (laughs) Get through that little door. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He would do it if I asked him to. But the bigger your spirit man becomes, the more squashed your flesh is. If you've had trouble with alcohol, if you've had trouble with drugs, if you've had trouble with porn, if you've had trouble with sex, if you've had trouble with with talking about people or lying, or, or that is the thing that has helped me more than anything I know. Fussing, feeling bad, being depressed, being anxious, being... I don't know anything that helps that more than... Growing your spirit, man. You don't have to do anything else. Because when the spirit man gets so big, it overshadows the flesh. And you can't have, they won't fit. Do you understand that? Now, if I put Rob in there with her, it would be a tight fit. Right? It's the same way in your house. There's only so much room in there. And if you keep filling it up with spirit stuff instead of flesh stuff, who's going to overtake? The spirit is. And the way that you do that is by every time the spirit man tells you to do something, you do it. It's not complicated. People try to say, oh, I have to read my Bible a hundred hours a day. Oh, I have to pray till Jesus comes back. And they get this big heavy weight on their shoulders. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they go to bed condemned because they didn't do it today. And that's, that is the exact tool of the devil. Condemnation. When the only thing that you have to do is exactly what your spirit man says to do. Because everybody, again, same with your flesh, 
everybody is different. The Lord will require more of me than he might require of somebody else that's not doing certain things. If you're doing less ministry-wise, he might not require that you study to teach. But he might require that you read your chapter every day and pray for five minutes. Let's get back to the first thing he told me. We were riding on the bus. We went to see the tour of Ramah. He said the Lord spoke to him when we were upstairs in the music room. Well, me, it was in RCA when I saw the great big faith shield. I looked at that wall. And I saw that great big faith shield, and it was like it just dropped in my heart. We needed that. And the Lord said we were supposed to go. And we were riding back on the bus. It was like a school bus. You can stay in there, Miss Lucy, or you can come out. Whatever you want to do, baby girl. Um, um, she likes looking at the crowd. Um... We were sitting on the school bus. I was sitting here and Keith was sitting here. And I turned to him and I said it in this somber voice and my shoulders were like this. And he just looked at me like he had no clue of what I was talking about. I said, did you ever know that you were supposed to do something and you didn't want to do it? He said, what? What? I said, I feel like we're supposed to come back to school next year to Ramah. He said, what? I said, it stinks here. They had the oil refineries there. And it was summertime, and it was about 105 degrees that week in Tulsa. And, of course, the convention center is right by the oil refineries, if you've ever been there. And it stunk, and it was hot. And in my spirit, I knew that we were supposed to do it. And in my flesh, I didn't want to do it. We had never been away from home. We'd only been married a few months. Now, that's when a decision is made in your life. When your flesh is screaming and you haven't trained it, and it's way bigger than your spirit man. And it is screaming at you, you don't want to do something. Your flesh is screaming so loud that it doesn't want to do it. You ever been there? But. Say but. You override your flesh. And you do what the Lord tells you to do on the inside. No matter what your flesh is saying, no matter how bad you want to do it, 
Now, every one of us has things like this in our life. And the thing about it is, they will come often in your life, and they will happen again and again, and some will be big, and some will be small. I remember this situation. I remember we were counseling with somebody, and it was a married couple, and the guy himself had had an affair, and he just kind of moved out on his wife and had an affair, and he knew it was wrong, and he was a minister, and he knew it was wrong, and he was talking to me, and he said, what would you do in this situation? I said, I'd never be in that situation. There's no way I can compare because I would have never left my husband and moved in with another man. Wouldn't have happened. Because I'd have listened to the Holy Spirit long before that. And I'm not judging him. I'm just judging my own flesh. And I'm making a good confession. I would have never done it. But he said, what should I do? I've come too far. And I really, I really care about this person. Didn't say he loved him. But you, you, your flesh is your flesh. And you go so far in the flesh that you care about somebody else. You're not in love with them, but you care about them. And your flesh makes you think you love them. And he said, what do I do? I said, you load up your stuff right now, as quickly as you can, and you go home to your wife. And you make things right. Well, this person was mature enough to listen. I mean, they loaded up their stuff right then, went home to their spouse, and got things right. God spared them. They're in the ministry today and going higher and higher and higher. Now, if they don't watch, the devil will tempt them again. They got to keep the door shut. Or the devil will tempt them again. But, quick to listen. Do you understand that? Quick to listen. And the mercy and grace of the Lord will fix stuff for you if you get yourself in a mess. If you did do something and you overrode your heart and you didn't listen to what the Holy Spirit was telling you, be quick to do an about face. Do you understand that? Be quick to turn around and fix it. And give the Lord an opportunity to make things right. Don't keep going down the same road. Now, I remember another time that the Lord gave me something through the Spirit. It was one of the first times we we had a meeting. And... We were doing services, and the Lord dealt with us to do our own meeting. We had just got out of school, like three days out of school. And we were in Terre Haute, Indiana. And we were getting quiet for the services. And we had like a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night service. And we had rented out this Holiday Inn ballroom, and it was packed out. And we weren't expecting that at all. And... Every day during the day, and I wouldn't tell Keith, the Lord gave me this. Somebody has a headache. 
Now, your flesh, for the first thing that the Lord has given you, wants to magnify that. Do you know what I mean by magnify that? Your flesh wants to make it grander than it is. To draw eyes to you. To make people look at you. Do you know serving God and ministering is not about you? And it was a test for me. It was a test to see if I would be obedient to what God told me to do. And I walked up there with Keith. I told Keith before the service. And I walked up there with Keith and I said, somebody has a headache. I said, that's all I got. Somebody has a headache. No magnification. Not a severe headache. Not a migraine. Not a really bad headache. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the Lord gives you something, don't put your own interpretation on it. Don't magnify it. Don't change it. Don't modify it. Don't make it to suit what you want it to be. Make it what it is. And He'll give you more. If you want more, He'll give you more. But you've got to respect and honor what He gave you. So I gave out, somebody has it, and I was trembling the whole time I did it because it was the first time I'd ever really gotten up in front of people. Somebody has a headache. I kid you not, Keith can tell you, the mayor's wife came up crying and said she had had headaches and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. We prayed for her. She was delivered. Never to have them again. Now, what if I would have magnified it? What if I would have changed it? What if I would have tried to add to it or take from it? Do you think I'd have got that exact amount that time we amount when we were in Canada that day? Whatever it was, $112, I don't remember the amount, and 32 cents, whatever it was for that bill. Do you think I would have gotten that? I don't believe I would. If you want the Lord to use you, and you want to get things from the Lord, don't do things He didn't tell you to do, and do what He did tell you to do. Don't add to, and don't take from. It's not about us. It's about Him. Because, you know what? All I could do was say a headache. I wasn't going to heal her. 
You got that? I couldn't heal her. Keith couldn't heal her. Only the Lord can heal. And I was still going to have to look to Him. You understand? Even if I called it out and I got it right, there wasn't a stinking thing I could do after that. I was still totally dependent upon Him. So it's not about being humble. It's about being factual. There wasn't anything I could do after that. Great. I called out somebody had a headache. So then what? I was going to want the Lord to meet me. And if He tells you something, what are you going to want then? You're going to want Him just like what I said with that psalm. That's why I had them do that. You want to give it your all. Do you understand that? Does it make sense now? Could you tell the difference in yourself from the first time you sang it and the second time you sang it? Okay. When the Lord gives you something, you want to magnify it. You want to say, okay, Lord, what is this? You want to write it down. You want to pay attention to it. You want to say, Lord, what do I do with this? You don't want to just let it blow over your head. If He tells you to do something, you get up and do it. You pay attention to it. You respect it. You honor it. You glorify Him in it. And He'll give you more. And He'll give you more. And He'll give you more. And you'll be able to hear better and clearer. And your spirit man will get big as Rob in this house. How many of you would like that? Everything you do, you hear clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer every single time. You never miss it. You're always hearing from Him. You know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You never have trouble with your family because every time you're around them, you know exactly what to say. Holidays are coming up. Right? Right. Answers are there. Solutions to problems are there. The Lord gave us a gift. He is the best Father you could ever ask for. And He gave us the greatest gift ever, the Holy Spirit. And He's just waiting for us to tap into it every minute of every day. Every moment of every day, He's saying, do this. Do this. And if we'll do it, He's not going to make you do more than He thinks you can handle at the time. But if you'll take this little step and this little step and this little step, then you'll keep growing and growing. Just like in that house. Just like the candle. You'll get brighter and brighter. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of the Lord. So we all want to be sons and daughters of the Lord. Because we're led by the Spirit. Stand up with me if you can. Rob's going to climb in the little house.